Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Sports Night. My name is Jonathan Clary, being joined by Damian Ritchie. Damian, summer's almost over, unfortunately. Yeah, and you know leaves are starting to fall. Yes, I know. Which is strange because <laughs> usually, usually, I swear for the past few years, you always want to living up here. You want to be able to get the leaves off before the snow falls. That's like the right. common thing you want to do. Yep. And um, and it kind of always seems to push it to like. The first week of December is when the last few leaves fall. Yep. Now they're starting to fall in, like, middle of August. Well, I saw yesterday that there's some sort of, like, black tar disease from maple trees. So if you see maple leaves that are on the ground and they have, like, looks like black tar on them, it's some sort of disease for the trees right now. And I guess it's because of all the early rain we got in the spring. But it it doesn't affect them long term. It's just for this season, I guess. Okay. I didn't know if I had to take down my maple tree. Yeah, How else am I going to get maple syrup? Have you ever tried to tap a maple tree? I have. Yeah, you have? Uh, yeah. I, In your backyard? No. No. I, <laughs> so when um, when Melissa and I were first dating, her and her hipster friends would volunteer at this farm in Lexington that okay. was like, uh, like a hippie commune, basically. And um, one like late fall, she and another friend, and then, you know... Like, I went with her. Like, they went there, and, and they just volunteer. Like, they work for free, volunteering. Yeah. Like, but that's what volunteering is. <laughs> doesn't pay. Um, and it's all, like, basically it's for hipsters to go there and feel like, yeah, yeah like, you know, I'm one with nature. And, yeah. And I can groom it and food. Um, and so they went around tapping maple trees, and I, I – uh, because I was the strongest one there, the lady kept asking me to, like, pick up all the buckets of, like, the tapped liquid. Yeah. And one was up really high. I didn't even know how they, like, they must have had a ladder. And she's like, oh, just do your best. So, like, I kind of fingered it, like, tips. And I'm like, oh, hopefully I'll catch it. And the thing just dumped all, all over, over me. And I was just thinking, like, oh, great. You know, I'm just going to be covered and like syrup. Yeah. No, it was, it's like 99% water. Water. You need 600 trees to make like 5 milliliters of maple syrup, <laughs> I think. Because you need to boil it down a lot, right? God, do you, they, yeah. It's like they boil it for days. Yeah. But you basically, for every bucket of t- like syrup tap from a maple tree, yep. like you end up with like, a, like no joke, like maybe half a teaspoon of syrup. Yeah. I, if that. It might be less. Like, That's one of the things I like uh, going to Vermont. They always show you like the process of doing that. But they tell you, you know, it takes a lot to, to make a little. Yeah. But to actually see it and then you can get, really get an idea for it. But yeah. I don't know if I knew it was like – I knew it was a good amount, but you actually need to see it. And, and then it, depending on when, when in the season you're tapping it depends on how like dark the syrup yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I prefer like the medium grade one. I can't find a difference in the taste. Really? And I consider myself a – well, I don't consider myself – people that, like, know me, like my wife, consider me <laughs> a super taster because, like, I would eat something and I'm like, oh, my God, there's cayenne pepper in there and she would be shocked and she would be like, I literally – like, it wasn't even a pinch. Like, the recipe called for a quarter of a teaspoon and I, like, just wet my finger and did that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's all I taste. <laughs> but cayenne pepper, I think, is a, can be overpowering. But you're not a big spicy – I'm not a Food I'm fan. not a spicy person, but I can tell if like like what else do I like fennel? Yeah, you know. So I'm like, this fennel in here, <laughs> or like you prepare this next to fennel. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I could see. I, I'm I'm with that with cilantro. 
I'm not a big fan of cilantro. I I don't like cilantro at all. I think it's a, I think that's another thing that 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 like if I make guacamole or salsa, I don't put cilantro. Yeah. In I it. yeah, those are the exact two things I can think of. Yeah. If it's in it, I go oh I can taste the cilantro. And I yeah. know my wife is the same thing. She's like it's not that bad. I I like it. It's not that strong of a taste. I'm like no, it's all I can taste is the cilantro. I think I think herbs and spices were cultivated for people that have no taste buds. Possibly. See, like, but cilantro is like the only thing that really bothers me. That, like, yeah. you could load up basil and thyme and oregano. And those don't bother me. I, I enjoy a, having those. A ton of oregano. Well, I, I well, a like. lot, a lot. Yeah. But I can. But, do, I, I put like a lot of basil in something. I like basil. Yeah, I do too. Basil. We have two huge basil plants. Yeah. Um, that we purchased um, from BJ's. Actually, we were just walking around. And uh, we came out and we were like, oh, wow, look at these basil plants. They look really good. And, of course, it was like these tree-sized basil plants. They were like, you know, $6 or something like that yeah. So for, for, for a two-pack. So we got them, and they've survived really well for the past month, month and a half, or, or whatever it is. They'll grow back next year too. Oh, See, we always kill them somehow, So, but maybe we just need to water them more. The secret is not caring about them, and then they'll grow back <laughs> the next year. That's that's what I realized when, like, in, in landscaping the house. The stuff that you try to care about, like, okay, for example, like, these hydrangea bushes. We call, we buy, yeah. like, 17 hydrangea bushes a year. Yeah. And all but one survived, like, the original one that was always there. Yeah. And um, we never take care of that one, and it's fine. I think you have to just ignore them and let them... Cause I know, like with hydrangeas and other things, once they get like really settled, then you don't have to worry about. It. It's almost yeah. like you know a tree. Once a tree's going, you don't have to worry about yeah. watering and whatnot. And I know hydrangeas are like that. But uh, real quick, the maple syrup. I want to get back to that. Yeah. I'm surprised that you can't taste the differences because maybe that's just one thing we love to do is we always love to taste the the samples. Like, yeah. there's, like there's like fancy A and something else yeah. A, and then there's like four kinds. I think and the the B one is like the real dark one. That's not the not like the fake maple syrup, but it's kind of almost similar to that. I eat syrup. How most people use soy sauce for sushi, or how I guess I'm supposed to use soy. You know, they give you that little bowl of so they yeah, put you this, dip and in. you kind of just just you're supposed to gently brush it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I do that. Like I cut my waffle, and like I always pour my syrup like on the corner Inside. of the plate. I just it's like overwhelmingly sweet to me. See if you get. Like A, it's not super sweet. And is A the best one? Um, not necessarily the best one. It's just I think it's again when it, it's been tapped. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the lightest color as as well. well. Shouldn't you get the most bang for your buck? Like, shouldn't A be like the sweetest? You're going for sweet. well, no. I think B is the sweetest actually because of how long it's been cooked. So if I think if you cook it more or boil it more, you get more of the yeah. sugars. So then why is A more expensive than B? I don't know. See, that's like, that's like, oh, sometimes it's not, depending the, where you go, but is, I know sometimes it is, yeah. This is 87 octane, this is 350 a gallon, oh, this, this is 150 octane, you hit the gas once, it'll take you to Wayman, <laughs> um, that's, uh, 50 cents. Right. You know, that's what it seems like. I, 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 you'd have to talk it's to the maple syrup monopoly, there must yeah. be some kind of. And do you, uh, I don't know if you're like, getting not a big connoisseur of maple syrup, but can yeah. you taste the differences between like Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine? Cause there is like, Depending on these, there you can taste like a little well, bit of a difference. Yeah, Vermont has like kind of a hippie feel to it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like a pretentious. 
And, uh, New Hampshire's more of a gunpowder feel. It, 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 tastes, <laughs> it tastes like freedom. Or I was going to say, it tastes like angry. <laughs> and Maine's is kind of like the laid back, whatever. It has a little southern, southern twang in, of New England See, syrup. I, I prefer, and maybe it's just my bias, but I prefer Maine and Vermont. But I just like going to those states more than New Hampshire yeah. as well. Yeah, I like, I prefer Maine anything. I like Maine. Maine's a good state. I agree. Wholesome state. One of the things I like most about Maine, and and mostly Maine, and Vermont has as well, but when you're driving around on the the roads, and they have all those street signs, and it says like, you know, this farm a mile up the head, or this store is a mile up the head. I know that we don't need that as much here, but I feel like if it was like more middle of Massachusetts, western Massachusetts, they should have more of those signs. You know, around in Quincy, you don't need that. Yeah. But, like, but when you go to Maine, those are all around. I just love seeing those signs. But that's like, just one of those things that the nostalgia also like part. nobody goes to middle Massachusetts, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, maybe the Berkshires, then. People go to the Berkshires. I, you know, I've never been to the Berkshires. I think I've driven, like, past oh, yeah. quickly. But, yeah, I've never, like, camped there or visited there. Visited. Never been to the Berkshires. I've never seen UMass Amherst. I've, I don't think I've been there either. I've uh, I've never been to the Basketball Hall of Fame. I've been to the Basketball Hall of Fame a couple of times. Uh, a, you should definitely go to the Basketball Hall of Fame. I've never been to Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard. I've been to the Vineyard. I haven't been to Nantucket. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's a few things I haven't done in the state. And this is a very fancy microphone. <laughs> I'm not getting used to it. I don't know if the camera can see it. Um, I We went to, um, Teresa and I, we went to the Vineyard a long time ago. We went for just a few days because neither of us have ever been there. We're like, oh, let's just spend a couple of days. This. We're in Vineyard Haven. And Vineyard Haven is the only um, town that's wet, so you can get alcohol there. All the other ones are dry, if I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, but we, we got high bikes. O- high opium u- uh, opioid use in the, vin- in the uh, Vineyard, you I, know. I can imagine, yeah. Because all it takes is like one person to throw the entire like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like statistics off. Um, but we were stayed in Vineyard Haven for a couple of days. Yeah. And we... We biked over to, um, uh, I forget the other, one of the other towns in the vineyard, but we biked over to the uh, Edgar Town. We yeah. biked over to there, um, and that's kind of a populated how, area. And how, then we took the bus around the island. How many people live on the island proper? I don't know. Take a guess. Do you know the answer? Are you just no, guessing? No, I'm just curious. Um, I would say. Now, now I have to look it up. I, I would say 10,000 people. And maybe I'm way off. I'm just gonna guess ten thousand people, give or take. Yeah, let's see. I'm, I'm it's probably more than actually if I'm thinking about that. I'm sure it also varies on uh, on the time. So in 2010, the census had it at fifteen thousand. Oh, so so the actual pop. Yeah, I mean those are people that consider it their home. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, if you went there now, there'd be a lot more people there, but those aren't. Residents. Well, it could be somebody who lives in California and claims residency in Martha's Vineyard because of lower tax. Big <laughs> <laughs> Massachusetts plates and their uh, their car out in Cali. Possibly, um, I don't know, but but yeah, I, I enjoyed going to. The, I, it was one of those places I could go to for only a couple of days because obviously it's so small. But you know, we went to the beach for a little bit. We went around to the different towns and the shops. We saw the different lighthouses and yeah. things like that. But I've never been to Nantucket and. Yeah, the Berkshires I've never been to as well. Yeah. I'm sure there's other places that, like, how have you not been so, to these places in Massachusetts? But. So Nantucket has now entered my school's um, division. Conference? Yeah, not conference. Oh, just a division? Okay. Division um, for football and all, basically all the other sports. And I already told my athletic director I don't take boats. <laughs> to game. I don't like going on boats. I get seasick. I get panic attacks on boats. Yep. Um, I'd rather flop be on an airplane going through a thunderstorm. See, I can do 
big boats, like a ferry, but I couldn't do like a Boston whaler. Yeah, I would prefer the bigger the boat, the more comfortable I feel. Yeah. Though just the whole like, I don't like being on a boat. Like, just like you don't want to be stranded in the middle of the ocean, or it's just like the the waviness of in the motion sickness. I think it's like a it's like a self preservation thing <laughs> of knowing that I can't swim. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that can be something um, to do that as and well. And you know what? It's it's like it's like a faux pas to walk around a ferry or a cruise ship with like a life jacket on. Apparently, so interesting. I guess because people are going, what's wrong with that guy? Yeah, I'll be like, hey, you never know. <laughs> you're, you're fl- we're floating in the middle of an ocean. See, like, I don't think I would want to go deep sea fishing just because I wouldn't want to be stuck on a boat yeah. for three hours or whatever it is, just sitting there in the water. Oh, and partly, drink. that's basically well, Yeah, partly I would just get bored. And I, but the other thing is I wouldn't want to just be sitting there in the middle of nowhere for I don't a think long they, time. I don't think they stop. I think they, they – do they? They're like, mo- they're moving, moving because like you you cast your bait out and it like they troll it along. But for the most part, you're in a small area, so you might might not be stopped, but you're just in a small area. Yeah, yeah. you might be trolling around a little bit, but like if I was in the middle of a lake that I could like see the sides and stuff like that, that wouldn't be that bad. Most, but again, it's just sitting there forever. I just most people get seasick too on deep sea fishing unless you're yeah. totally used to it. Uh, yeah, like so they just, recommend for your first time to like take Dramamine and like. Eat like not not like, a ton of food. Yeah, like get ready to throw up. <laughs> Don't eat a lot of sushi and other random stuff that you <laughs> yeah. might be that great to eat with. So yeah, yeah, we're not meant to go out in the ocean. No, not just sitting which, there. Have your daughters seen Moana yet? They have. Yes, yeah. they liked it. Yeah, I didn't think it was too bad. No, I liked it too. Yeah, I like. I thought The Rock did a good job. He did. He had a couple of songs he sang. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't think they were like singing, but more than just talking. So. Like Taylor Swift singing, just talking with a singy song voice because she can't really sing. Um, but yeah, they, they like Moana. We've watched it a few times since then. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, right now we're going between Moana and Sing, and there's something else that I'm forgetting. My about. oldest hasn't seen Sing. My youngest could care less about it. Really? Yeah. yeah I no. thought it was all right. Yeah. No, I thought it was fine too. Yeah. So I'm tr- I know there's something else. That- oh, Secret Life of Pets. Is another one they've watched oh, a, yeah, a couple they, of times. Yeah, they've yeah they've seen that. Louis C.K. does a voice for that, which is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I seen that. I was I didn't really sit and watch the whole thing because mm-hmm. they were preoccupied. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere. Else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I hate doing that sometimes. Like they're watching a TV show and they're just like you know completely entranced, which is another topic for another time. Maybe it's just how you put the TV on, all of a sudden they just like stop and they're. Like you can't do anything to distract them because yeah. you can wave your hands in front of them and they're just like seeing through you. Uh, but anyway, so I feel like sometimes I should be sitting there watching it with them. But then all of a sudden, like I'm falling asleep or the phone rings or I'm like, oh, I need to go get some yard work done or I need to just clean something or whatever it is. emails or something. I don't know. I Some shows I can stomach that they watch. A lot of them, like, there's this one show that na- now that Colette knows how to turn on the TV, ah. go to Netflix oh. and, like, find a show. Yep. So she found this show on her own, and it's called Mia and Me, okay? I'm not familiar with that one. It's awful. <laughs> Is it a cartoon? It's both, which makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this girl. Here's the problem. I'm sorry. I have to shut. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. Shut up. I, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, um, 
in the studio here. I forgot to turn it off before the we studio, started. The studio used to be a meat locker. It, it normally is, but I turned the, the space heater on so yeah. it wouldn't be as freezing as here. Yeah. And I forgot to turn it off when we get started. And I can tell you're yeah. going to be sweating. That's so right. anyway. Um, so me and me is now it's a joint television program by Italy, Canada, and like I want to say Spain and Germany. Okay. So for my loose understanding, because I can't watch this thing for my life it's this girl who you know you don't watch game of thrones right i do not know so it's one of these it's it's a girl who also happened to be on game of thrones okay as this okay bit character that was her and her two sisters were considered the least popular characters in the show's history okay <laughs> like they were annoying they were just done they were portrayed awful um and she exposed herself on the show, um, which is also then strange to hear in this kid show. So anyway, so this girl is in this, like, so it's filmed in Tuscany. And this girl is in this, like, horse school, like, high school. Like, she's in high school. Is this Mia here? Yeah. Okay. So she's in high school that involves, like, has a heavy emphasis on riding horses. Okay. And her grandfather works there, and he's like, he has like a heavy like, like Spanish accent, like but like the old school like Iberian Peninsula, like with the lisp and the king's tongue, yeah. Spanish. Um, and then there's like a couple totally English speaking kids, which I assume are probably the Canadians. <laughs> now she is Italian, the main character, but she doesn't really have like the. You know, like she doesn't sound like my family. Hey, what's the matter for you? Like accent, yeah. Italian. And her parents died because now it's a tragic show. And she has this little watch and she like says, I am Mia into the watch. And she goes, her parents were video game designers. And she goes into this video game world where she's a fairy princess and they rescue unicorns. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, the show is just, I mean, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's like a car wreck. It's just awful. Yeah, so I just Googled it while you're talking about it. It says, you know, Canadian, German, Italian animated series. And Mia is an awkward 12-year-old who recently arrived at a new boarding school. And she's given a book and a bracelet that are more than they appear to be on the surface. Yeah. I'm, it's awful. That, that, that doesn't sound interesting to me. But, see, your first mistake was, did you teach Colette how to get onto Netflix? Or did she just figure it out? She figured it out. Oh, okay. So we've... We it try doesn't to help that the remote. She knows Netflix, like she doesn't like. She knows how to spell it now. She knows like okay, and so she the remote has a Netflix button. Uh okay. So that so she learned. She learned what the power buttons look like because they all yeah. have the same symbol. So she learned how to turn on the TV, and then she pressed Netflix. Yep, and it came on. And, and then so, she just hits and the then, And then you know there's arrows. So I mean, yeah, she was able to figure it out, which I guess is a good thing. But yeah. Um, she's now at the stage in her life where she wakes up and she'll go downstairs and like turn on cartoons. Okay. Uh, which I, I honestly, I really don't care because I rather that than her waking us up. <laughs> and by us, I, she really just wakes up Melissa. Oh yeah. They both do. They walk in the room and they go straight to her. Uh, to call him to bed or wake her up? To wake her up. They're like, I'm up. <laughs> they don't bother me at all. It depends on the day if, a lot of times I like to try to crawl in the bed with us. Actually, Lily is still in the crib with the sides up, and she, like, doesn't want to learn how to crawl out. Yeah. So I'm like, 
That's fine by yeah. me for right now. Louisa will come in and, depending on the day, will crawl in to one side or the other. But the past few days, they've been sleeping in, like, really well. So I'm like, that's fine by me. See, um, Colette will also wake up and then wake up Talia and then leave. Oh, God. Which then makes her come to our room in a really cranky mood. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, see, the girls, they don't go into each other's rooms yeah. right now. So, because I think we've, we, I think Louisa might have done that a couple times. But then if she wakes up Lily, it is, like you said, like, Lily's just, you know, wicked cranky. Yeah. If she's woken up the wrong way. And it's it's terrible for everyone for the next hour or whatever it might be. So. For um, us, it's mostly the day. <laughs> um. That's funny. So, yeah, it's it's weird that, like, Louisa was trying to climb out, like, as soon as she could, and Lily has no desire to try to climb out. Like, we said, oh, you know, try to climb out. Like, try to do anything. She's like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. And she's just like, does it? She's like, no, I just don't want to. She's playing you. Yeah. yeah she Also, she's going to climb out and like, jump on top of us, and she'd be the one that would, like, literally climb into bed and jump on me. Yeah. And, you know, body slam me or, or whatever. I hate when they climb in bed. I just, honestly, when they climb in bed, I get out and go to theirs. <laughs> do you really yeah it's like i can't sleep with them you're like kicking me and stuff um yeah that's that stinks sometimes <laughs> yeah, kids are awful we were on vacation for a little bit last week and um we were worried about you know trying to put them to bed and everyone at the same time in the hotel room and stuff like that so most of the time it just ended up we all went to bed at the same time yeah um and so it wasn't that bad and then waking up we all kind of woke up at the same time so it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. There were, it, was, it was one night we were kind of like we wanted them to go to bed so we could just do something else for a little bit or go out on the balcony and yeah. it, just, it didn't happen. Yeah. We were just, so, that, yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, we were hoping at least one night. So And then one night we were out visiting friends and um, they fell asleep on the car ride back. So yeah. we just ended up going to sleep at the same time too. But, but mostly, yeah, when we're somewhere else, my, our game plan is just like they're going to – when they pass out is when they fall asleep. So yeah. there's, there's no like, I mean, we'll do the bedtime routine, but there's no like, all right, go to bed, go to bed. I feel like it's a useless battle. Yeah, going to bed can be a battle sometimes. And then, like right now, they've been sleeping in longer than they really should. So now we got to try to start getting them into the school routine because yeah. it's like, all right, we're going to have to get up early. They can't sleep into seven thirty, eight o'clock for another couple weeks you know, or whatever. You know, you know a lot of high schools – like, there's been a heavy debate about starting high school later in the day. Yes, I've heard about that. Um, because, yeah, like, technically, teenagers perform better, like, late morning um, yeah. than they do, like, in the... It is true. If you think about it, like, they go to school the same time kindergartners do. Mm-hmm. Like, an 18-year-old and a 5-year-old. So, I and know... they have the same portion for lunch. So, <laughs> which is also, <laughs> which is also so kind of weird, yeah. I know um, kindergarten starts at, for, for me, it's going to be at 9, 10 or 9. Oh, no, maybe it's 9.30. That's a late one. So it's either 9, um, I don't think it's 9, maybe it is 9.30. It's either 9.15, 9.30, but the high school starts a little bit earlier. Yeah, it should be the other way around. See, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I still think because then you have other stuff going on after school that, you know, the kindergartens aren't going to have as much stuff going off to school as the high school kids would. So then you have high school kids starting – Baseball, basketball, football practice at four instead of three. They go to bed at twelve anyway. Well, I guess that's like that. Who cares? I guess that would be one of the main issues. Yeah. Um. Little, I don't know. 
Well, I mean, there's going to be schools that do that. Now Boston is, you know, Boston wants to do an extended school, like lengthen their school day, and that's going to have, they're going to have to figure that out. Right. Well, I, I can see some schools I, I heard that, them but... too. I heard people, too, mentioning, like, turning sports into extracurriculars. Okay, so it's turning, part of the school day? Yeah, which doesn't make sense because in MIAA rules, right, like, you, um, you know, your first report card, like you could, is always before the fall sports season ends. Right. And so let's say you bomb, and now you're like off the football team, so then you can't really play football anymore, so shouldn't, like then you would have to find a different class? Like, I don't know. It's complicated. Unless they, unless you stay on the football team, but not as an actual player, as a... Something, yeah. As a manager or, you know... Yeah, scout or something like that. The purpose, yeah, I know, but the purpose of you failed off is like you need to spend more time in your academics. Well, yeah, no, that's that, the true, but yeah, I mean, but if, if everyone has a mandatory extracurricular activity after the three o'clock yeah. hour, then and whether it's and, and and whether it's you know art or music or sports or I don't know whatever some robotics something yeah. like that, but I don't know, I. I I think it might be interesting to see how they could do that, but I think it might be tough to have an extended school day for everyone. But yes, yeah. I don't know. So, say la vie. Yes. So, hopefully, we're going to be getting a call in a little bit here, so we will have some other topics to discuss. We haven't t- talked on sports at all yeah. yet, which is fine. Everything's okay with that. Um, so, actually, when um, speaking of children, Kyrie yes. Irving wants out of Cleveland. <laughs> I, honestly. I, why not? You know, if he wants to get out of there, because he, he knows LeBron's going to be jumping ship most likely. I don't see LeBron staying. You know he's a flat earther? Who is? Kyrie Irving. He's, I, he's like like a prominent. Like he well, he thinks that, that, that the earth is flat. Even though this man has flown, like, from Cleveland to California for games, believes that the earth is flat. Just boggles my mind. Apparently, you never well, bothered to look out the window. Well, no, but you could still see that. Technically, you could see that it's flat. I mean, because if, if you're flying, it looks like you're just going in a straight line. True, but, if I mean, basic mathematics is higher up you go. Okay, let's say, we, we, you know, you draw a line from point A to point B, okay? Yeah. Triangulation. Okay, let's say, you know, here's the flat earth and here's... You've already lost half of the NBA. Okay. <laughs> triangle <laughs> offense. <laughs> you already lost half the yeah. NBA. Especially now, they don't, the, the triangle offense, to talk to the Knicks, yeah. didn't work that well. I, I was unaware that he was a flat guy, flat earth guy, but I guess if, I guess technically if, if you don't go into space, you don't know for sure. No, you, you can, I mean, there's, there's like about <laughs> six laws of physics that you can prove that it's round, but. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, the higher up you go means the further you can see, you know. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we you can go up really high in a plane, but you can't see like Mount Everest, yeah, means that it's curved out of your sight, and thus it's not flat. Yeah, but then you could say, but if even though things are flat, if you're so far away, you still won't be able to see it. Yeah, but if it, you could say that, but like I said. Simple mathematics, if you make a triangle, you should be like, here's a field of vision. I'm just trying to give you the okay, other side of the argument. Here's a field of vision. Maybe maybe a flat earther should call in. Most of them at this point now are just people that join them to troll them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, you can, it's, yeah, it's, the earth isn't flat. 
I'm indifferent. <laughs> Whether it's flat or not, it doesn't really the, matter. The flattest place on Earth is what, like the the Utah, where they test all those fast like rocket cars. I say it's out in the desert out there somewhere. Isn't yeah, it? it's like a salt flat area or something. What do you think about uh, speaking of long flat areas of Elon Musk uh, digging his tunnels for the Hyperloop? Hyperloop? Is that what that's called? Oh, is he really like going through with that? Yeah, like, I, I think they're trying to dig some tunnels out there to. To test it, not, maybe maybe not tunnels out there, but I think they've connected the tubes to try to test it so out like there. Like the high speed train thing. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So you're going into the vacuum, um, and then that's why it would you know go hey, so fast. Hey, you know, it's the future, man, and I have no problem with that. The thing is, I won't be the first passenger. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, like you're going what? How fast are you going? Like the uh, like an Amtrak, like on the Acela. Like, first of all, I hate all the Acela, like, is the Acela, like, it accelerates. That thing maybe goes 60, you know? Uh, I, I thought it was faster than, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's not. I don't think it punches, like, 200 miles an hour, like, you know, like, down to, like, D.C., but either way, those things going, like, 60, 80 miles an hour, there's an accident, there's, yeah. like, 90%, you know, casualties is going to happen. Yeah. You're going like 800 miles an hour, man. That's like guaranteed. Like you're not having like a. There's nothing to bury when. They're so yes, yeah, so they're saying that, uh, just googling it real quick. Um, uh, a 350 mile route from L.A. to San Francisco, following Interstate Five corridor, um, it could go at approximately 600 miles per hour, an average of 600 miles per hour, with a top speed of 760 miles per hour. But that, that, that's out there where it's kind of just a straight route, too. Yeah, so, so so not as fast as the speed of sound, but... Now what and is, then, does that put, like... Doesn't that, don't they train, like, astronauts to, like, I spin have, around that thing to, like, feel how much... They may... I don't, I don't know. Like, like but, can, like, your grandma hop on board on that and be, like, fine? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, let's see if our, our guest has any comments. Like, Kenny Taz, are you on the line? I'm on the line, fellas. What's up? <laughs> Not too much is going on. What do you think about this Elon Musk's bullet train? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about the, this Hyperloop thing? He wants to put, like, essentially a train in a tunnel, and with uh, the vacuum, you could go from L.A. to San Francisco in, like, 30 minutes or something like that. Oh, I hadn't heard that. No, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, cause, and then he hopes to try to do something in the Northeast Corridor as well. So it would go from, um, like, New York to Philly to somewhere else in dc essentially and then boston and providence would get in there at somewhere along the line as well but i but mean i'm like a sci-fi guy you know so i don't doubt that they could come up with faster ways for us to travel but i mean that's that sounds pretty far off yeah so it's all in theory obviously but the other thing too is for him he wants to do it underground but right now to dig a tunnel from like new york to dc would take like 5,000 years or some stupid amount of time yeah. because the technology <laughs> that we have. But So now he wants to come up with like um, a, a tunnel, digging, a tunnel machine. digging machine to make things quicker. Because I think it's like, you know, you can go like an eighth of a mile in a day or something like that at the top speed. And But anyway, huh. so, so yeah, that's what we've been talking about so far are hyperloops and, um, and, and children and something <laughs> else random. So speaking of how is your, uh, your broken, son's broken arm? Ooh, oh, he's bro- good. You, you broke he's your good. son's he's, arm. He's on the mend, and yeah, know, Kenny was angry that he uh, had to go on vacation. On, so now everything's kind of easy. Yeah, so you, tr- the truth is, you broke his arm for some reason, correct? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> 
can't put that out there on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's radio as well. Don't worry. So, um, but but anyway, so well, we're glad to hear he's uh, he's doing okay. It looked like it was a nice nice break there. So. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. Like when I, when I got to him, you know, his arm was a little bit crooked, so it was a it was a bad break. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Was he was he? I've heard so many stories of of kids breaking bones and like. Three hours later, they finally, like, admit to their parents that it hurts. I mean, it was pretty instant, like, as far as, like, the, like, the pain and everything. Yeah. Um, the way it was explained to us is, like, some kids, you break it, and it's, like, a little break, you know, like, it's just, like, a little bend in the bone. And when that happens, it's pretty easy to just kind of put a cast on, set it. And, you know, kids' bones are flexible, so they'll just kind of set back the way it should be. But he was, like, beyond that threshold. Like, he broke it. They had to... They had to knock them out so that they could set the bone and all that. So, hmm. you know, there's different different levels of breaks and everything. Sounds like a fun and adventurous time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a fun way to start my vacation. <laughs> and ended pretty quickly as well, right? Yeah, I mean, after a couple of days, we were able to do some stuff back home in Massachusetts. But, yeah, it was a little bummer to, to miss out on the, the trip to New Hampshire and everything. The kids were bummed out. But, you know, we, we took them to Edaville to make up for missing Storyland and... It was actually thought I thought Edaville was better than Storyland, so I, can, I thought it was uh, it I, was actually an upgrade. I consider Storyland the generic Disneyland. I, I've it's, never been there, so I don't know. You've never been? Good for you. No, <laughs> I, we went like last summer. It's now Melissa's all for going back. She's like the girls love it. Why don't you like? I'm like, cause it's awful. It sucks. It's <laughs> it's a generic Disneyland. It's it, all it takes is one corporate person from Disney. Just checking it out, and then going, oh, here comes like I'm shut down immediately. This is like all copyright infringement. Like, we're don't you think they've it. already done that though? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Disneyland's world is on the outlook for ripoffs. Well, yeah. ap- apparently, th- then they then somebody's looking out for Storyland. <laughs> it's, it's a complete. I mean, my my beef with Storyland is that um, since I, I I went when I was a kid. And from what I understand, it hasn't really been upgraded. They haven't done much to the park, but the prices have gone up. Um, so it's kind of like, oh, I don't that's know. natural with inflation. We were going because we were going to be in New Hampshire, and the kids would love it, but it's not like no, they, I they, was going to be too impressed with the place. <laughs> they've added some, some like, rides that weren't there when we were kids. Um, yeah, yeah. But And they added, like, a splash park and... Like a water? No, they've added a lot, actually. They, Have they? Okay, but okay. That's but, good to but, know. The, but the core, like real crappy Storyland, you know, actual exhibits. Because that's the thing; it's Storyland. So this yeah. is Little Miss Muffet's house, and all, like those crappy ones made of like plaster from like the sixties. Yeah, those are still there. Interesting. <laughs> now, Kenny, I, I saw that you went to the Roger Williams Zoo. Is that correct? We did. We that's another thing we did last that's week. Yeah. So I say I was there with my family like two or three days before you went, and we had a really good time. We liked it a lot. So, um, and it looks like they're doing some construction there as well. So that's going to be kind of an interesting thing when it's that's completed too. So did you guys enjoy it there Ooh, for the dinosaurs? Yeah, I'd never been to that zoo, so it was actually uh, I, I was impressed. I liked it. The only zoo that we've been to, other than like outside of Massachusetts, is the Franklin Park Zoo, which is which is you know nothing to get too excited about. So we were happy to find a a good zoo and check it out. Have you, John, have you been to the Southwick Zoo? I have not. I've heard about it, but I haven't been there. So I heard very good things about the Southwick Zoo. People say it's the best zoo in New England. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I I think, in my opinion, I like the Roger Williams Zoo. I like it's set up nice, you know. Yeah. 
But I like the zoo in Maine. Um, oh, in the York's Wild Kingdom? Yeah, because yep. it has large predators, and most zoos don't have that. Yeah. Because – you know, it's awful to keep large predators inside small enclosures, but I don't care. I yeah. like, I like seeing tigers and lions and like polar bear. Like, you know, I lo- like, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my favorite part of going to Disney was that you did the animal kingdom and they had the big safari and it was, op- you know, really open for the animals to be able to move around. It was definitely different than any other zoo I'd been to. Yeah. And, and, um, like, yeah, Roger Williams doesn't have, like, the big... They have, like, a snow leopard, which is, like, their largest predator. Which we couldn't really see when we were there because it was, like, yeah, sleeping, like sleeping hiding. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's, like, nocturnal, I, so, like... Well, I, I know the girls like seeing the elephants and the giraffes, and I, they just like giraffes yeah. to yeah. begin with. So, like, we saw the giraffes, so that was kind of cool. Um, did, you the, did you do the face paint? <laughs> uh, no, we did not do that. That was one thing we didn't want to do. We, my wife and I did not want to do, so we did not do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, we, we got suckered into that. Um, like, I was I was kind of spoiling them last week because of the whole broken arm thing. Yeah, no, I can understand that. <laughs> we, we just didn't want to have to deal with face paint for, for one time. Um, yeah, The yeah. other thing that the girls really liked was the flamingos. Um, yeah. And... A couple Healthy of them. Animals, but yeah. <laughs> one of them, actually, two of them. They were just how they were sleeping on one foot and completely tucked in a ball and stuff like that. So both of the girls really got a kick out of the uh, the flamingos. So yeah, uh, the coolest animal I thought that I saw was the the it had a red panda. No, oh, yeah, and it was like up on the very top shelf of like the enclosure. Yep. So you walk up this hill, and as you get to the top, it was just kind of like hanging out right there. And you got, you know, you got a real good look at it. Yep. Yeah. No, I know. I think the girls, Louisa liked the red panda because she kept on saying red panda, red panda for, for whatever <laughs> reason. Was, but she, she wasn't just singing panda, that, that song that was a hit last summer. No. I, I'm unaware of that one. Oh. No. If anything, it would have been um, the book, um, Panda Bear, Panda Bear, What Do You See? I See, uh, <laughs> whatever it is. You know that book? No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> so, well, anyway. Um, Patriot season, Kenny, is just about underway. I don't count preseason. It's just all practice. Bum, bum, um, bum, yeah. bum. <laughs> so um, your bum, thoughts bum, on bum, the Patriots practice preseason and things of that nature so far early on here? Man, like, 19 I don't know, was, like, kind of bored by the Patriots this offseason just because they're so good. Yeah. There's not too many storylines to get excited about because everywhere you look is just, like, Kind of all set. <laughs> so, um, how, what do you think about the dynamic between uh, Gilmore and Butler? Because um, I don't know if there's a little friendly rivalry going back and forth there. You know, they each think they're a, a top cornerback, and one's being paid, the other wants to get paid. Um, do you think that's going to be a dynamic that's good, bad, I, or I mean, I think we probably have the best, one of the best cornerback duos in, in the league, as long as they show up and, and it, it shakes out the way it should on paper. Yep. Um, I've heard that in camp, the defense has looked amazing, uh, especially the D-backs. You know, you don't get a good look at that in the preseason games because they don't play anybody. But, right. I mean, I love, the, I love the guys that we have. I'm excited about Gilmore. Uh, I love Butler. I hope he does get paid. I hope he stays here for a few more years. You know, he's, he's the prime of his career. But, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Devin McCourty at safety, and I'm excited to see him back there with Gilmore in front of him and, I'm a little bit worried about, like, the nickel corner. Uh, I usually give rookies and young players at least three years before I really start to judge them. But um, Cyrus Jones, (laughs) I'm I'm ready to bail on him. 
I've been defending him the last year or so, and he looked like garbage in that preseason game. And that's, that seemed to be one of the, the unanimous things that people were talking about was how bad Jones has looked. And obviously it's compounded with how poorly have, he they, played last year. Or it's not just like he played poorly. It's just it was the big plays that he played so poorly on. Yeah. Like, I think last year it was really premature for people to be bashing him and saying he was a bust because, it, you know, he's a, a rookie player and – you got to let a second-round pick kind of play out. But to, to see no progress from then from then to now and knowing that he came from Alabama, so he should be like a top-tier prospect, you know what I mean, like kind of ready to go, I would think. Right. And he just he looks like garbage out there. He's a total liability. And I think the big thing, too, is like I was mentioning, is all those bad plays or mistakes just happen in big key situations where they were highlighted more. If it, if it was the first game and it was, you know, 35 nothing, people are like, oh, well, whatever. But, you know, they were in key situations in close games and, you know, luckily didn't come back to bite them, you know, yeah. too terribly. But they had him playing safety against the Jaguars, which the Jaguars, I mean, you, you say that name in the NFL, they, they are like – the quintessential great offense. <laughs> but, no, but I mean, he was playing out of position. Like, would you be mad at, um, you know, uh, Dante Hightower if he didn't do a good job at the end? Well, but I mean, I don't know. Though. He gave up like a 97-yard touchdown, and he was never in it. It's like, a, he was, I, I, there was I know, no I, part in that progression of the play I know, but it's, where it's, he was doing what he should be doing. He just got totally blown off the ball, he, out of position. He didn't – he, he – couldn't look for the ball because he didn't know where the ball was. You know, it just who who gives up a ninety-seven yard play like that? Well, it's see, that, I, I mean, my, my only defense—I I agree. I don't think the Patriots can draft the secondary to save their life. I mean, you know, no, they can't. You, you know me, um, but um, in his defense, it is people think like second, like it's linemen, second, like linebackers and secondary, and like. All three of those groups are into, like amongst themselves are interchangeable. It's not. There's a really big difference between a safety and a, a cornerback. That's like saying a running back can can back up Tom Brady because he, he's kind of near him in the backfield too before the snap of the ball. Yeah, it's it's it, safety is very different. It's it's especially I think in this day and age, it's the hardest position to play. Well, yeah, I mean you're def- you're the quarterback back in you know in the backfield. But did they did they put him back there because maybe they think he can succeed better back there than he can at corner or nickel corner or I anything mean, like it that? Could just, it could be like another McCourty type situation where they look at his play and say, well, it's not working out at corner. Let's see what we can do. Because, I mean, Devin McCourty, his rookie year, if it wasn't for, um, uh, what's his name there, uh, Sue, yeah, McCourty probably would have been rookie defensive player of the year that right. year. He, I think he had like... Didn't he have like ten picks or something like that his rookie year? Yeah, the the reason see McCourty though came in with McCourty has a really high. The reason why the Patriots drafted him was because he could say what the ten other guys in defense are supposed to be doing at yeah. any given play. And Belichick, Belichick loved him. He physically couldn't play corner in the NFL. He's not that fast. No, but in his first year he was, he was unbelievable. He was good. And then the yeah. second year he just you know and then, yeah, fell he off. He fell cliff. off, and then they moved him to safety. And I I think he's one of the top safeties in the NFL. I love him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's going to be a good. The other thing I think I like about Gilmore too is um, that little dust up he had with Edelman the first or second day of, of uh, oh, practice. I, I, I apologize. Jones uh, only played cornerback. I only played safety for the uh, for the fourth quarter. Oh yeah, he still let up a lot of plays. So the Patriots said that he has been struggling. Um, 
last year and they wanted to see if there was different ways that they could use him. So apparently he's he will not be a Patriot. I mean, I feel like it's I think it's hard to be I think it's hard to be a young player in New England just because we as a fan base have such high expectations for these guys that like a guy like Cy Jones, like we're sitting here now and I think we, I think we can say now that he doesn't look like he's going to turn out to be a very good player. But See, I don't know. I mean, there were people. There were people ready to cut him after like his first preseason game. You know, week one. Yeah. And it's like. Well, well, the thing is, the thing is, Kenny. It's like I don't have any high expectations for any cornerback that is serviceable that we draft. It makes me raise my eyebrows and be like, hmm, that's a surprise. I don't have any. They could. The Patriots could have the number one pick overall. And take a cornerback that's supposed to go number one overall, and he would, and he could come to the Patriots and suck, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Just but like I don't they know can't if it's evaluate just exclusive it. to like you know, like Cy Jones is the the example now. But I mean, I think it's tough for for most of the young guys. We bring people in, and even if they play well, look at Devin McCourty. He came in, he played pretty well, and there there were still people year two, year three saying, you know, oh, he was a garbage pick and we don't know how to draft. Uh, we definitely have missed, obviously. There's a million examples of us no, missing. No, see, I, I argue Dante, Dante Hightower came in and right away everybody everybody loved him. They were calling him the next Willie McGinnis. Uh, yeah. Um, Who's uh, Chandler Jones? Everyone was like, oh, we finally got a pass rusher. Even um, Malcolm Brown, the nose tackle, every, everybody, everybody is like happy about him. It's just that it's just the fact that we draft crappy secondary. Oh, the secondary, yeah, you, it goes so far back. I mean, R- Rosé Downling and uh, what is his name, Darius Butler. Um, is, those guys were second round picks, and we we've, we've whiffed on a bunch of them. So yeah, I'm not no disagreement there at all. Now, do you consider think, Malcolm Butler? I think Butler we have just a lot of expectations for for young players to to be really good, really fast. And there are certain positions that that just doesn't shake out. You know, wide receiver is one of those positions. It could take you three or four years before you're a pretty good professional wide receiver. Or, I mean, obviously there are like the the, the exceptions, the guys that are really good right away. But you know, there are guys that started out the started out their careers as as quote unquote like busts, you know, and then they went on to be like Pro Bowl receivers. Now, would you consider Malcolm Butler though? Just like they they lucked into him because you know he was an undrafted free agent, but you know they saw that there was something worthwhile to bring him in. And during his rookie year, he he had enough built up enough confidence that you know they were able to bring him in in the key situation for throughout the year, and then obviously in the Super Bowl as well. So I mean, you have to give him some credit for the evaluation. I mean, yeah, as you, well. he, I think they get. I, I give them credit for like all their good drafting. I mean, there are people who who say you can't give them credit for drafting Tom Brady because if they knew he was good, they would have drafted him in the well, third round, no, or the no, fourth no. round. Yeah, yeah, but, no, no. I think I think the Patriots saw Tom Brady and they saw his competitiveness. And like I said, they saw his field intelligence, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, he's he's good." And they probably knew no one was going to grab him. But I don't, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think they looked at Tom Brady and said, "Yeah, you know, he's a franchise quarterback for the next twenty five years." Oh, absolutely not. But who could have guessed that? But I mean, you still got to give them credit for drafting the right guy or signing the right guy. So yeah, they, I think they lucked into Malcolm Butler. There's no way that you sign a guy as an undrafted free agent who's working at Popeye's Chicken a week before you signed him, right? And think, oh, this guy's going to get the game-winning interception in the Super Bowl. But um, you know, lucked into him or, n- or not, they recognized his talent. They brought him in. They gave him a shot. I mean, I think that's one of my favorite things about this coaching staff is that 
they bring guys in who you wouldn't think are going to get a legitimate shot, like the Rob Ninkovinches of the world, and uh, they get it. They get their shot, and it's hmm. it's a legitimate shot. If you show up to work and you do a good job and you outplay the guy in front of you, Bill Belichick will give you a starting position on this squad. No, not to shoot that's like down. one of my favorite parts about Bill Belichick as a coach is that he's for real when he says, like, it's an open competition. Right. So guys not- like Malcolm Butler, like we might have lucked into him, but he saw the skill, he gave him the chance, and now we think he's probably, if it wasn't for his size, you know, if he was a little bit taller, he'd probably be considered the, one of the best cornerbacks. Not to knock Ninkovich because I thought he was a good player, but in my opinion, I think he retired because he couldn't do it without steroids. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that, too. Do you don't you think know, it had anything think to do with concussions? Is that he probably just couldn't no, keep he, up without the steroids. If it had to do with concussions, he wouldn't go to training camp and then spend a few days in training camp and go, oh, boy. Um, like, oh, I shouldn't get any more concussions. No. Like, he was suspended four games last year. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, him him retiring and it, and it is one of the only real talking points that we have, to, to be honest, because it does leave a hole. Like, who's going to fill the other slot uh, on defensive end because we lost – um, what's his name? Sheard. We lost Long. Uh, Nink retired. So I mean, we have Flowers, and then a whole bunch of just young players that we don't have any clue if they're going to shake out. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not too worried about that. Interesting. I I guess I I guess I was a naive. No, I didn't say naive. Just maybe had the wool of my eyes about it was all just steroids. But I guess that makes well, makes no, sense or whatever he was I, taking. I, I just think that he was like, oh, they're, they're definitely going to test me in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Once you get tested positive, they test you a lot. So he was like, all right, as long as I make it past this date, okay, um, I can I can do it. Then I'll juice up again a little bit. I'll jump on a half cycle just to keep myself for the season. He probably came in clean and was like, "Damn, I really can't." I it happens. I I don't have power anymore when I play softball. I don't know where it went, <laughs> but suddenly I'm in a league, an older men's league, in fences that I should be hitting line drives over, and no, I I hit the fence. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it unfair to say that age. you know it's like all steroids. The guy, you know, he was he he. I think it's like it's like the Barry Bonds argument. Like no, he, was star- hitting, star- he was a good hitter before he started taking. Yeah, no, exactly. I think on a certain level, Ninkovich was probably a pretty good player. But yeah, at at thirty three, he probably came in and was like, "Yeah, I can't do it without." Yeah, without the, oh yeah, exactly. Steroids won't make you a better football player or baseball player or volleyball player. Might make you a really good volleyball player. Right? <laughs> if, 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 you still need skill and talent, like. It'll yeah, just you it'll make you, the ball, it'll make you stronger gotta, and it'll give you better yeah. endurance. And the recovery is the other thing, too. Yeah. Rob Nikovich's defining characteristic wasn't how strong he was off the ball. It was that he knew everyone's job. He he knew how to get everyone in the right position, and he could outwork people. So, I mean... <laughs> Thanks I, to the steroids. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, like, I'm sure the roids played a part. I'm sure coming in at 33 and maybe feeling like he couldn't do it anymore or he didn't want to play if he couldn't play at that level. Um, I'm sure that played a part in it. But it's like you said, the steroids might make you a little bit better and a little bit stronger, but it's obviously not everything. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens because, I mean, like you said, he was a pretty – he was the, uh, a key player on that. Maybe he wasn't the the, the voice and was, the knowledge and where people should be going – uh, yeah, it might be more of a factor than the actual physicality. I think he's going to be. He, like, he didn't always get to the quarterback, but he was, you know, around the quarterback a lot. He was I, around the ball a lot. 
I think he's going to be on the sidelines as a coach or like an assistant Is he? for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, I, can, I can see that with him. I, I always, I usually think that's kind of like a, like just kind of like a fan dream, you know, like Kevin Falk retires and everyone's no, no, going to be no, the running backs no, coach. No, he really, he he, he has no, not, dude. But no, a guy like Ninkovich, I could see doing it. Yeah, no, like he he's re- like a, he really a is. <laughs> he has already. He's oh, like yeah. he's like an assistant to the DN coach already. Is he? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was. Like you'll see him on the sidelines in games. Yeah. So well, I mean, like he's, like you just said, you know, or Kenny just said, Vrabel. And he said, and, now. He, and he said too, I don't want. He's like, I'm too young to not work. Right. So yeah. And so they were like, are you? And, and he said, like, like the only two choices I, I could see myself doing is getting into coaching or going into um, like some kind of broadcast journalism. So right now the the coaching door opened up for him. So you know he's doing that, but. You can, like, yeah, just, but I mean, like, yeah, dude, why wouldn't you? You know, yeah, I mean? yeah. Mike Vrabel's been—he's uh, been coaching for like what six years or something—and he was already having his name floated around as a possible head coach candidate. Yeah, you know, um, it's this like you—you—you you, you have you have a Super Bowl ring. You could definitely go go into any Division One program and become a coach, mm-hmm. not a head oh, coach, yeah. but like you know, the coach for your position. And because it just helps for recruitment, they'll take you, you know. And then from there, like Rabel did that, he went to Ohio State, boom, yep. automatic linebacker coach, mm-hmm. you know. And then I think he became like the D coordinator for the next season, and then like boom, like the Chiefs grabbed him, right, as in, like an assistant coach. So yeah, I mean that that happens. Well, it'll be interesting, uh, Kenny. Any other thoughts on on offense? I mean, obviously forgetting about Brady, uh, but. How do you think the uh, wide receiver core is going to be, especially the use of Cooks on the offense? What do you think about them or him? I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited to see Brandon Cooks play and and see how that works out. Um, I honestly think I think that Brandon Cooks is going to open things up for Julian Edelman so much that I'm almost more excited to see what um, Edelman can do with um, Cooks on the outside because. If you notice last year, Edelman could, he caught like, I don't know, I think he caught like 99 balls or something like that last year. So he, he was catching the ball a lot, but he wasn't getting a lot of yards after catch. He like was getting tackled right away. Right. And I think, I think Cook's on the outside and, and a healthy Gronkowski is, I think he's going to be getting a little bit more, um, you're going to see a bit more exciting plays out of him too. So I just, I'm excited to see what Cooks does to the entire wide receiving core because I think it opens everything up. Do you think Brady's going to be looking for him down the field a lot more um, than he did with Hogan last year or the same? Or? I think we're going to see, honestly, I think it's going to be so much more than that. I think obviously the exciting play that you think of when we bring in a guy like Cooks is like, oh man, he's going to be going deep like Randy Moss. But like Cooks can do so much. He He's fast, but he's small. So I think he's going to be good in tight spaces. Um, the Saints didn't hand him the ball a lot. Like he, they, they didn't do a lot of like running plays to the wide receiver the way that we do in New England. And I think that's going to be one fun way that we use him differently than they used him in New Orleans. I think we're going to get the ball in his hands and see what he can do like we do with um, Edelman, like we even did with uh, Aaron Hernandez a few years Double back. Reverse. We used to run the ball with him and catch people off guard. Yep. So I'm, I'm just really excited to see what he can do all around. But, yeah, I mean, I think – Obviously, he's going to bring the deep ball. Now, I was listening to uh, the ESPN Fantasy Football podcast the other day. One of the things they were talking about with Cooks is that when he was in New Orleans, he always seemed to have you know outstanding games playing on the turf. But then when he was away, the production always dipped down. 
Um, so do you think that he's a great turf player um, or indoor, I should say indoor in the, the, the dome, a great dome player and then outside it's going to be a little bit different. And then the second part of that is he has never played a game in whether it's under 55 degrees. So do you think obviously there's going to be a lot more of that playing in New England, Buffalo and, and New York. So do you think yeah. either of those factors are going to be a huge factor, not at all, or just yet to be seen? I mean, I think it's yet to be seen. I don't know if it'll be a huge factor. I think you're, to answer your first question, absolutely he plays better in a dome. You know, he's been playing in a dome this whole time. He's been doing well. So, I mean, I don't know if I call him like a strictly dome player, but he obviously plays better in a dome. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, he hasn't played too many games in cold weather. It's It could be a factor. Um, I think most guys kind of adjust. Um, I think a lot of guys you think can't do it and then they get here and it's really not a big deal you don't really notice it so i mean i don't know we'll i guess we'll have to wait and see well our second week we go to new orleans so he should be okay there no and i <laughs> and i know the other thing too is you know going from breeze to brady you know he's going a a small step up obviously so it's not like he's going from breeze to Ryan Tannehill or yeah. um, whoever yeah. else you want to throw out there. So obviously the the the, the quarterback play is going to be, you know, just slightly better. So it's not taking a big drop there. But I think the, the dome thing, you know, the weather conditions are always perfect inside the dome. So you don't have to worry about that. And, Everything's and, fast. And in my in my opinion, I think turf plays a bigger f- role than a dome. Dome dome. I think I, I think dome definitely ch- uh, changes if you're a QB or a kicker. But I think for any other position, it's is it turf or is it grass? Because that that makes a world of difference. Like feel feel like well, feel. Most of the places play on the the field turf now, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so with the rare occasion that that we go to a place with grass, like I don't think we're playing Green Bay this year, you know. Um, but I think he'll you can. I don't think the ele- I don't think the elements affects receivers as much as it does kickers and quarterbacks. Even if yeah. it's if he's never played under fifty five, his hands are cold, and it's a it, no. I'm forgetting snow. It's a your body. It's a twenty degree day. He's he'll be fine. He'll be running around. I mean, like, maybe like yeah, crazy maybe the sidelines. I might be like concerned if his head coach was like Mike Tomlin. You know what I mean? I have just complete faith in Bill Belichick to get a guy like that ready. I mean, you're he's he's never done it, so it's obviously going to catch him off guard or whatever the first time he plays in a really cold game up here. Right. But I mean, I have a feeling they're going to have him prepared and ready to go. I, mean, I think I I hope so. Certainly, I, mean, I think he is certainly a dynamic player, and I'm just hoping that it carries out of the dome. Like the quarterback play doesn't worry me, but you know those dome situations yeah. sometimes he well, plays a lot of games. It also there helps and, a little bit that the coaching is kind of similar. You know what I mean? I think Sean Payton is one of those guys who kind of aspires to be like Bill, and he does the same. I wouldn't say he's at, obviously he's not on Bill's level as far as. <coughs> Cheating. changing the game plan week to week and always having a unique um, game plan for every team that you face. I wouldn't say Peyton's exactly on that level, but he, he does stuff like that. I think he's a good game plan. Oh, so he's certainly one of the better coaches in the league. It's a slight step up for quarterback, and it's a step up for coach. So, I mean, I, I would well, hope he, that it would carry over. I, th- I, th- I think the big thing with Cook, right, is what, what, what he really does is you're going to have to you, you're going to have to pick between him and Gronkowski now with the safeties. Yeah, right. That's ultimately what Cook, what Cook does is force you to to pick your poison. And we're going to keep safety help on Gronk and leave Cook one on one and hope that our cornerback can keep up with him. That may be the case. I don't know who we're playing. Like, um, when the, is Cook's you, always going to draw the number one cornerback? He 
better. Well, I guess, well, I, guess I, would imagine, I guess I would imagine. Well, so, no, I just but, don't know me unless I you mean, say we're going to give um, the number two and safety help to him, and then he's put gonna, the number one on he's gonna, Edelman or something like that. Because the guy with the quick hips is going to have to cover the slot guys. The guys with the quick feet are going to have to cover Cooker. He'll smoke the guy with quick hips. Yeah, and so, and so many of our guys could be classified as slot guys too. I think that's another part of it. Is who do you really? If you've only got one cornerback with quick hips or, you know what I mean, that, that you can put on a shifty guy like Edelman, what do you do when they start <laughs> using Edelman like that and Cooks like that and Amendola like that? The, I think um, the, Malcolm Mitchell can work the inside. You saw that in the Super Bowl. He he caught fire in yeah. that Super Bowl like crazy. So I, I have high expectations for Malcolm Mitchell too. Well, the big the, the thing too is 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 now if let's let's say you do So let's say you do let's say you're running a nickel, okay? They got two safeties out there, so you go find a safe one. One will keep an eye on Gronk. One will keep an eye on Cook. And more than likely, what Belichick will do is then the a, a really like not their best cornerback is going to have to cover Hogan downfield. Mm-hmm. Everybody forgets yeah. about him. He was a deep field threat last year. You know, we won a Super Bowl with Hulk Hogan. Um, so <laughs> no, I mean that's the, that's I mean that's going to be one of the big I think things to look for is how often are people just going to forget about some of our guys? We've and, got so many weapons. And yeah, no, our, our offense is like when, when people are saying like in the league are saying twenty one and zero is because if on paper pending injuries, our offense is really hard to cover. So let's say we do Cook, Gronkowski, and Hogan. Okay. Now you're gonna yeah, have. I to mean, Gronk is the biggest question mark on offense. I think. Yeah. Because now, now you're what, gonna, is he going to play five games? Is he going to play six games? Is he going to well, play eleven games? If he's, he's if, not going to play sixteen if, games. If they're all healthy and you throw just those three guys out there, and let's say you do a spread, let's say you have Dion Lewis now goes out into like the slot and Amendola or um, White. White, like, like I mean, it, it's there's a lot of guys now. If you're going, if you're going to cover deep. You leave slot guys to get a lot of yards after catch open to get easy. So it's it's yeah, our offense is very dangerous, and it can adjust to each team. So, yeah. and I like I like our offensive line to keep Brady upright. I think they did a good job last year. They were young, and they're going to be better this year. I so I, I think all around the offense is pretty good to go. My thing is, I just hope Brady just doesn't become forty, just like, drop the cliff yeah. during the season. Like, and I mean. I've seen that happen. I've lived long enough now to see like my athletes go through like age and yeah. and stink. I mean, um, he's just been so healthy though, you know what I mean? Like he has it's not like he had a neck injury last year or a shoulder injury or anything. So if it, I'd be surprised if he just fell off the face of the planet. He didn't have a neck or head injury. Well, we might have had a head injury. We don't we don't know. <laughs> we don't know how many he's had. Previous ones. Um, yeah, don't ask his wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I I think of all the people, Brady hopefully would be um, the most well positioned to not drop off the cliff. Like Kenny said, you know, he's on this, you know, strict diet and exercise regimen yeah. and everything like that. So and also, like, who's going to knock him off? Like, who's going to knock us off? It's a, it takes really. It's I Kenny. Mean, it takes, Steelers it takes is supposed one, to be. It takes one the hit, team, right? And the stuff came out today that Ben Roethlisberger is walking off the field with his. He's got his both knees iced. He's got his shoulder iced. He's got his elbow iced. I mean, he looks like like he looks like he's forty. He looks like he's about. Oh to yeah, and don't 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 think Brady doesn't do that either. He just does it behind closed doors. And Roethlisberger yeah. has taken a lot more hits than Brady has because he's out in he the pocket the, more. He plays yeah. differently. So, but I mean, 
you know, Damien said it could take one hit and all of a sudden we're, we're relying on Garoppolo, who I am not sold on anything for Garoppolo. I, they should have taken the two first round picks if they could have gotten it last yeah. year. Cause I mean, I, I, I just think people, like, people are like, oh, he's, he has all these fundamentals. He looks so great. Like he has played like four quarters of football and that's all we've seen in him. Five. Yeah. I mean, five quarters, whatever it is. Or first six. Two games six. last year, but that's not enough for me to confidently <laughs> yeah, say like, I, he's the guy. I, I just, and I'm obviously, I'm not Bill Belichick. I'm not the, the, the the guy who's evaluating everything for these players, but I just don't see how Garoppolo is the next guy to come up and be the franchise quarterback. I mean, everyone thought Matt Castle was going to be a great guy, and maybe he would have been if he had stayed in New England. I mean, he won us you know eleven games that year, but and maybe Garoppolo would have done great last year if he had played all four games and hadn't gotten hurt. But I just don't see how everyone is throwing all the eggs in the Garoppolo basket without seeing more than five quarters of football from him. Yeah, no, but I, I think I think. When they, when they practice, they see, they must see something in him that, that they're like, yeah, he, I mean, look, when Tom Brady was here, it was, remember who was, everybody thought it was supposed to be Drew Bledsoe, Michael Bishop, <laughs> and Tom Brady, you know? And, and Hurd, it was, wasn't, uh, Damian Hurd was on that team uh, too. Yeah, Damian Heward, yeah. So, Heward, yeah. So they were like, no, 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 this Tom guy is pretty good. Well, yeah, no, but I mean, he obviously outworked everybody. Yeah. And to get out to that, that backup position. And Zolak was actually saying that he had said back in 2001 that, you know, Brady was looking better and throwing better than Bledsoe that I, was in that training camp in the early season. That was the, the last training camp I went to was that year. Yeah. And I, I distinctly remember, I went, to, I went down with my uncle to go watch them, and I distinctly remember the quarterbacks moving aside um, and doing their own drills. And they were, they put a trash barrel about like 30 yards um, or 40 yards away from, from where they were. And all the quarterbacks were there, and it was like a big bin full of footballs. And they were just all trying to throw the football into it into it directly. Bledsoe, of course, going like 10 yards past it every time <laughs> consistently. Um, almost felt like taping a Ben Coates jersey to, the, to it <laughs> to see if that would help. And, and Brady was the only guy that kept either hitting the barrel or getting it right in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's he's... A very accurate passer. Garoppolo might be an extremely accurate passer. What they like about him is that he gets rid of the ball quick. And if that, that's the Patriots offense. You don't give the defense time to react. That's fine. I just, I, I just still think that, again, and maybe I'm wrong, and Belichick knows that Garoppolo is the next guy. But I just think to give up, and if there was two first round picks, if it was just one, I can see, you know what, fine, we'll, we'll move on. But if someone, if Cleveland was willing to give up two first round picks, or, you know, the first pick and then the first pick in the second round, or whatever it was, I just don't see how you can, you well, can well, turn well, that down. Look at it this well, way. I think right? if he gotten an offer for two first round picks, he probably would have But what's it. the first round pick? In, Blake Bortles is going to be out of the NFL when this contract, when his contract's up. You yeah. know, like yeah, like, but we weren't going to be drafting a quarterback, and we were going to be dra- I mean, the other thing too is we've had success drafting some quarterbacks. Yeah. Castle, I guess, and Castle was pretty yeah. good. Garoppolo's pretty good. Still, out. we don't know about Brissett. I mean, people think he's going to be decent if he gets a chance, but we weren't going to be probably taking that first pick. We were going to take that first pick, and you know, we were going to trade it down for uh, a mid's first and another yeah. first. Yeah. So no, all of a sudden, we have. I mean, I, yeah, like I, I wish we had found a way to deal him. I'm not. I'm not losing sleep over the fact that we still have him. I think I think it's great right. that we still have a good backup because Brissett. I mean, I don't know if Brissett's going to make the team. You know what I mean? I think he's going to be on the team. I mean, I my, yeah. My, so here's here's my my personal theory. Okay, is that 
If we go 21 and 0 and win the Super Bowl, how are we going to go 21 and 0? By the way, we're going to play next year games in Europe. <laughs> no, wait. What are we? 19 and 0. 19. So we go 19 and 0. Okay, and we win the Super Bowl. All right. Tom Brady is not going to be in a New England Patriot the year after. Either retirement or trading. I think. I don't think. I don't think he'll retire. I think there's like a, maybe a 30 percent chance that he'll just say, you know what, I I. I know I didn't break Manning's passing yards, but I am an undefeated quarterback. I have more Super Bowl rings than any other quarterback. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away on the top of my game. Okay. Or he might go out to San Francisco and like play like a couple seasons out there. Just re- I've always thought that he would maybe end his career in San Francisco. And it's funny. I actually I was listening to um, the Zolak show earlier this week and they tackled this and he got he got so heated and he started to make the case why a professional athlete wouldn't do that and after listening to him i totally buy it like well it's not a, like if it's not his, his choice his whole point was basically grow up you know what i mean like he's not going to finish his career in new england where he spent his entire career because he wasn't born here and he wasn't raised here that's crazy well no, no, no. why would he leave here to go to a shit situation in san francisco hey, but th- what, thanks for that edit by the way but, but Kenny. Th- i think the point is oh. what if <laughs> yeah, whatever Sorry about that. but no the point is what if, what if he's cut and we'll yeah it's not his choice if if he says look i need six thousand more yards to break peyton's record which is a crappy record to go after because in the, the rate that the nfl is going in 20 years someone's going to break that but if he wants yeah. to, if he wants to leave on the top of everything most everything right he's going to have to even though drew Brees is i think still ahead of him in touchdowns he and he's still playing if he wants to to leave on the top of everything and says you know what 40 by the time i'm 43 i should Brees should be gone and i should break peyton's passing yards and the patriots say tom look you are 41 years old. You are 41 years old, man. Like, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, you might have a couple more good seasons left, but here's the thing. How long are you going to play? You're not going to be around for 10 more years, so we're not going to invest in you for 10 more years. I feel like you have to see a dip in his play, though, before they have that conversation. It, do- it doesn't. If he plays this year the way he played last year and wins another Super Bowl and there's no decline and there's no decline in sight, I don't see the Crafts or Belichick going to him and being like, oh, you know, hey, we got to find a way to get rid of you. No, no, no. But Kenny, why would you draft linemen, for example, that will do a blocking scheme for a specific type of quarterback play? If that quarterback isn't, Tom said, I want to play five more years. Okay, so hypothetically yeah. speaking, he wins the Super Bowl next year. Now, now he has four more years on the table. You, do you really think a man is going to play? quarterback in the NFL at 45 years old. What if he's, I don't know. I mean, what no. if he proves that right now like well, you, I well, you know, you, done at a high level. Well, you know what? I mean, far. You know what? He, what? he was what 42? You know, yeah, and he was awful. He he talked about falling off the wagon. He totally fell off the wagon figuratively yeah. and literally. Um the, if there's the, a dip in play and Brady plays slightly worse or starts throwing a little bit more picks or whatever, then yeah, I could see them Having that conversation and having to make a tough—I don't even decision, think it's a conversation. I think you just know you're not going to draft a lineman to be in your team for ten years that would fit a quarterback's needs that won't be there for for those ten years. Like I, I just I I, I just see I, I see if he's gonna he's gonna finish his career somewhere else or else they would have traded Garoppolo and kept the brisket. Well, I mean, yeah, but the Garoppolo thing. 
I've heard people say, like, they wanted two first-round picks this year for him, which they weren't going to get. And then next year, when they franchise him, and they will franchise him, um, the the it'll still be for two first-round picks if anyone wants to sign him. So they still could end up getting two first-round picks. Like, no, they could still they, play out in their they favor. Can. So they I, can, but... It could be an instance where Belichick's trying to be the smartest guy in the room. Well, that or, or to be honest, like I said, the draft is no way to nowhere to find a quarterback. To be honest, it's completely hidden. Quarterbacks at this point uh, is probably the most difficult position to evaluate in sports. See, I disagree yeah. that if you have a top pick. Now, obviously, the Patriots aren't going to necessarily have a top pick, but you could find a good quarterback in Matt Leinart. Well, uh, that's was he the top pick though? Yeah. Yeah, no, he wasn't the number one pick overall. He was the was first he? quarterback. No, he was like pick. the number two pick. Well, he was I think it went Vince Young. Oh, Vince Young too. There you go. Yeah, okay, but I, I still think that. But the other thing too is those guys weren't necessarily Good. guaranteed. Uh, yes, going to be one hundred percent great players. But you would you would expect the first pick overall in the draft to have at least uh, like play past his rookie contract. No, I I wouldn't no because if you go back and look at the number one quarterbacks picked, you're always there's that well, back and forth but, but there. I, I guess I'm contradicting myself. But, but that's but. the thing. Like the, the the apparently most talented quarterbacks in a draft might not make it to the NFL. There's not an NFL quarterback in every draft, and th- that's the thing. And there's definitely not an elite NFL quarterback in every draft. Fair enough. L- look at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck came in and, and he played really well, and people are like, "Wow, not bad." Okay, he stinks. Yeah, he stinks, dude. Um, I, 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 Andrew Luck is one of those guys that I constantly point out is just overrated. People ex- wanted to crown him extremely like, overrated. I like, still think this the book's not finished on. No, him. it's not. He, he I, plays. I think he plays ball like Brett Favre, and I don't. I don't mean that in a good way. I mean he he throws off his back foot like, all the he, time. He's like Eli. He throws into double coverage um, all the time. Yeah. If, if 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 you look at all the tipped plays that should be intercepted but don't get intercepted, he throws like twenty something inter- picks a year. He he doesn't throw good balls. He doesn't make good de- uh, decisions. I just think he's totally overrated. Well, I don't have anything else to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Smith. I mean, no, but I, mean, a, I get what Jamie is saying. Like, I mean, how many guys got drafted the year that uh, was it? Is it David Carr? Is he the one, Derek Carr, in Oakland right now? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm confusing the brothers. Um, Derek Carr was a second-round pick, right? And I, I, yeah, I think there were like four quarterbacks that were taken before him, and Oakland ended up with the, the clear best quarterback in that draft. Yeah, I mean, it's it's real it's real hit or miss, like to figure out. And that's the other thing too. So now you have the now you have like a high first-round pick. You need a quarterback, and the Patriots will never draft below 15 ever because. Because they're going to want to accumulate all the draft picks of the 2043 draft, like that's their mo. But I me, mean, if Belichick says, "All right, you know what? I, I need I need that top quarterback, and I see the guy I want, and I don't have Tom Brady anymore, and Garoppolo's gone, or not the guy." If it's Derek Carr, he's going to trade down and well, grab him in the if, second I mean, round. If, if he thinks that he can get his guy in the second round, then yeah. But if he if he, if he thinks that. My guy is going to be in the middle of the first round because for whatever reason, that's what it's there. He'll go and get him. Yeah. I mean, he's done that before. If he said, call, ask him what, call, I'm going to call up Bill right now. Yeah. Call up BlackRock and, and ask to speak to. Well, did we, did we trade up for Vince Wilfork? I can't remember. Or did he fall to us at 21? 
Uh, I think he fell. He was in those tackles, so he probably fell to him. I don't remember. Because he just retired, everyone's telling all the stories about him. And I, I just remember Bob Kraft saying recently, like, uh, you know, Vince Wilford, some people thought he was going to be like a top 10 pick, and, and Bill couldn't believe it when he was at 21. And I think he felt the same way about, like, um, Hightower and um, Chandler Jones and those guys. If there's a guy in a certain spot and the value's there, he'll move up and he'll get them. But, um, yes, I don't think he's, yeah. af- he's not afraid to move up and, and spend that capital that he has. Um, and and, he, and maybe it's more in the second and third rounds where he's done different things like that, where he's willing to move around because yeah. he wants to trade down and get those extra picks because, again, he, he feels that value. And, you know, all the NFL teams, they have, you know, this point system where, you know, you spent this draft pick and this draft pick and it's worth X points so you can go up to go to a different point. So, but, I mean – I think he's willing to move up if if he knows my guy is right here. You know, if my next Tom Brady is going to be in the third round, I'm going to trade up to get to that point. So, from my understanding, the NFL and GMs have this um, mentality: the first round are going to start on your team and should start on your team. They should be right for years. Okay, they they should become a they should become not necessarily superstars, but a capable NFL player that should be on a solid contributors. Yeah. On, on your team. That's the first round. The second round are guys that need a little bit of grooming or time to develop that can then turn into that, okay? So they're a little bit of an investment. The third and fourth round are guys that are supposed to be freaks. Like, they have this NFL number, like, like physical capability, but they can't catch a ball or they're, they're, they're projects. Um, and then everything after that is just a crapshoot. Um, Belichick loves like third, fourth round guys, right? And because he feels that he could turn like what's his face, that linebacker that went to Cleveland, that he could take these freaks and turn them into what the first round pick is, because mm-hmm. he's that confident in himself. Well, I mean, Gronkowski was a third round pick, wasn't he? Well, Gronkowski Gronk was a second round second, pick. Oh, Hernandez was the third round pick, right? Yeah. Well, Hernandez. Yeah. Hernandez. Well, no, I know, but I'm just looking at, you know, you think about the yeah. talent, and I know there are other reasons why Hernandez <laughs> dropped down to the third round as well, um, but. That, that without Tim Tebow, Hernandez is supposed to be like crazy on the field. <laughs> um, but that was one of, that was one of the things. They were like, Tebow and Hernandez well, should be a package, cause he's the only guy well, that you know can every, control. Well, you know why everyone always remembers that draft though, because like the first, like the four years or so before that, we had just missed and missed and missed on so many draft picks. Right. And then finally we got, Gronk and but Gronk, uh, Hernandez Gronk, in one draft, and I think we got McCourty like the year before, so it started to look like, oh, we're we're drafting good again. <laughs> Gronk came in from Arizona with with back issues, with back surgery, and, and supposedly mm-hmm. a degenerative back issue. Right, that's why he dropped. Um, but you know, stem cells. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Kenny, we appreciate you calling. We've kept taken up uh, enough of your time, um, so it's it's been a little while here. So either way, thanks for calling in, and uh, we will talk to you down the road as the season continues on here. All right, I look forward to it. All right, thanks, Kenny. All right, night, guys. All right, bye. Gordon Haywood, John. Gordon Haywood, what about him? Are we going to the finals? Um, is Kyrie Irving on the Cavaliers this year? And that's the million dollar question, right? So it, yes, he is. He is. He Kyrie Irving is on the Cavaliers. Then no, we're not going to the finals. Even though he hates LeBron James and he has a really bad attitude, we're not going to the finals. Kyrie Irving is not on the Cavaliers. 
I think we could go to the finals. It's not a definite yes. I think it's a definite no if Kyrie is still if it's Kyrie and LeBron and Love and yeah. whoever else. No, if it's not Kyrie. I think our chances are better than 50-50 because I think we have a pretty decent team and we could beat just a LeBron team. <coughs> Would you trade IT in the first round Brooklyn pick for Kyrie? The answer is yes. I think I need to do that, yes. The the first Bro- – yeah. Yeah, I would so do yeah. that too. Apparently that's on the table. And who's not – and so we put that on the table. You, 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 Suppose, you heard. Supposedly, I have my inside sources. Interesting. That 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 um, Crowder, um, Brooklyn's first, and it for Kyrie. Because it's uh, contract and Crowder kind of add up to Kyrie's current one. That it's like an easy, easy trade on that end. Yeah, they don't need to involve a third team for financial stuff. So. That's a potential, that's a potential offer. Now, then, then, um, the former Cavs GM said that Kyrie want, would like to play t- for Boston. That was one of the teams he would play for. See, that's the, that's the big thing for me is to, he has two years on his contract left. But you, you could, the, but is, yeah. it, is it two years? Yeah. So, I'm willing to do that for the two years because I think we could convince him to stay here and and sign. If it's only one year, I don't know. Like if it was like a Paul George situation, yeah. Like Paul George is is already out of um, uh, Oklahoma City. Like I, I I don't see how he's not going to go to L.A. after this season. Kyrie, I think you uh, could, L.A. You didn't you didn't hear about read about oh, what have I what have I missed? He's not going to go to the Lakers. Oh, I missed this. What what is he? Where is he going now? The Warriors. Oh, I completely – how is he going to go to the Warriors? They're not going to keep Iguodala. Um, and basically, they're going to basic, – basically, everybody will have a pretty high contract with rotating years of, like, max money. Okay. And, and their bench is going to be like me and you. They would <laughs> but, have to be. But you would have a starting lineup of – and this makes – and they don't care. They don't care that they don't have a traditional five or something. Of Durant, um, Paul George, uh, Curry, Curry, Clay Thompson, and and Green. <laughs> so literally, just have the five best players in the NBA. They, is- they would have an All Star team. I would love to see that represent the West in an All Star team, and then like it would be pretty close. So and see if the All Star East could even beat them. Interesting. I, I guess I missed that. I, I might, was this a vaca- last week vacation thing that I missed? This was the GM. Yeah, but was this last week? Did this come yeah, out? I must. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't paying attention last week. So, so yeah, so th- so that's now his potential suitor. Now is the Golden State Warriors, and even though he wants to go back to California, and San Francisco isn't exactly LA, thanks to Elon Musk's <laughs> it all comes full, full circle in a hyperloop. <laughs> his hyperloop, you know, he can still live at home in LA and thirty minutes commute to work. Um, that they'll do that, and and they feel and Golden State feels that they they're capable of doing that because let's be honest, Kevin Durant's seven foot two, okay, Paul George is six ten. You have enough height. You're not like you're not hurting yourself on that end. I mean, geez, you could even have guys take turns on who's covering the center to to give them a night off. Um, but yeah, that's a potential thing. But yeah, we're going back. LeBron's going to go to L.A. Kyrie might leave. 
if Kyrie comes here and we have Kyrie, Clay Thompson, um, oh, we're gonna get Clay Thompson. I mean, I'm, I'm like, where did this come from? I'm like, no, man, sorry. I missed a lot last week. I'm thinking of three, four. <laughs> Kyrie, Gordon Haywood, um, Horford, Horford, and I'm really like, to be honest, I really think um, who's the kid we drafted last Tate. year? Oh, Brown. I think Brown's gonna be a stud. I think he is too. And what about Tatum? I mean, with that, is that your starting five now? Brown, Tatum, or even let's say take Tatum and Brown and get a fourth stud. You know. Um, because the other thing too is now, Tatum is six, eight. I don't think he's six ten, is he? No, he's yeah, Brown he's is like six eight. Horford six nine, six ten. Hayward is six 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 seven. And who am I miss? Oh, and Kyrie is six three. Yeah, and then you just need a fourth per. Or that, no, that's that's your five. So. Yeah, I would or 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 getting Anthony Davis. Package them, give them the Brooklyn number one for next season, getting Anthony Davis. And so, you have those four guys, that's a pretty darn good team. All right, so does Anthony Davis' health situation worry you? I don't know. Get Porzingis then. Does his, <laughs> does his health situation worry you? You know, guys over seven feet in the NBA don't seem to last super long. No. Cause look I mean, even look at um, – Durant. I mean, he's had his, wor- his problems too. Every guy, every guy. The only person, the only stud that hasn't had some some kind of injury is LeBron so far. But I mean, Kobe. Kobe was out for a season before, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Kobe wasn't seven one. I mean, yeah, he got hurt, but you know, when you're seven plus, it seems to that the healing and the the feet and knees take a lot it, more. Is of Anthony a- Davis seven plus? I thought he was like six ten or six eleven. I don't know. But I, I think he is, has different health issues as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, you gotta, you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet, John. Alright, so. And I want an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, just texted Seth McLaughlin, our NBA insider, and I said, Kyrie for IT Crowder and a Brooklyn first. He said, yes for Kyrie, as long as Jalen and Tatum aren't involved. Anyway, I'll see you later. And I also asked him, Paul George is in Golden State? Yes or no? He said, no. He is he and LeBron are LA bound one hundred percent. Well, Paul George said differently. Interesting. His people are saying differently. His people are saying the concept and why do you, and look, it, it's kind of convenient too, right? Look, Paul George is saying if I go to Golden State and the people from Golden State are saying we don't have to play eighty two games a year anymore if this is our team and we'll win the championship. Yeah. Um, if we do this for the next three, four years, we're, we're competitors, more than likely winners for three, four years, and we're not beating the crap out of our bodies anymore. This came out, and, and a couple days after that, the NBA came out with the resting the starters rule that they're going to enforce. Right. So I just think it's a little I, – I, I could see Paul George, Golden State, trying to figure out how to get him. But remember the NBA, well, that was under Stern. Remember when, when – um, the, the Lakers try to trade for Chris Paul. Yeah, and then, um, and then the NBA they, vetoed it. Yeah. yeah, I could see them doing that at some point with 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 the Warriors, but I don't know, man. That would be interesting to see. I mean, at that point, it'll just be super teams, and everything else is garbage. It's kind of like the European soccer leagues. Could would um, George have to go in a sign and trade, or would it? Um, it would have to be a sign and trade because they're over the cap, so they couldn't sign another max probably. player. Yeah, they'll probably have to do that. So I guess in theory, yes, they could veto that. But the NBA was also 
owned they also technically owned the Hornets at that point, and that's yeah. why they could kind of veto that trade. Yeah, because in theory they thought they could get something better for the oh, offer. Sidebar. We can sidebar. come back to it. Um, speaking of pandas, so former third baseman for the Red Sox. Yeah. All right, and this is an argument I had on Facebook. But what's his face on the Mets that gets paid like one million dollars a year till he's like sixty? Oh, uh, Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the worst contract ever. No, it's no, it's not. Okay, by yes, far. You, you, who's the worst contract? Oh, I can start naming Vin Baker. I mean, like you. Can well, start. I think people saying worst contract in NBA, uh, not NBA, uh, MLB history, right? You know, you know how. No, do you know? Do you have any idea, like how a team would probably prefer, especially if they don't have a salary cap? Okay, it's not like he's contri- contributing to the cap. Uh, well, I guess he could contribute to the luxury tax, but a million dollars is a drop in the bucket to MLB. But let's say they had to pay him $30 million. Instead of giving him $30 million, they kept $30 million for 30 years, giving him a million dollars. That's like the interest on that. Mm-hmm. Like it's costing it, – that contract ended up costing the team nothing. No, I know, but I think Panda was such a terrible contract because, A, there's still, what, four more years on it? For how much total? It was like a ninety-five million dollar contract. So thirty million for thirty years, or ninety-five million for four years. Like I think nine. I think Panda's contract was worse. Oh yeah, I think people agree with that. I think yeah. everyone is saying that Panda's well, no, contract you, was no, worse. No, you said you said well, Bobby Bonilla, whose contracts like. There no, are, I I thought you said that. I thought you were trying to say that. Um, Benia's contract was worse. Oh no 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 no! And I hate okay. that. Okay, so like worst contract. It's not the worst contract ever. Oh yeah, no no. Means. I thought you were trying to say that yeah. was worse than than um, Sandoval. No, I think Sandoval's contract was the worst. So here's the deal: they cut Sandoval, right? And the Giants picked him up, correct? I believe so, but it was after the time when they didn't have to worry about paying him any money. So how does that work? So the Red Sox continue to pay him, and now he can get a second contract from the Giants. Um, I think so. Yeah, because the the they designated him for assignment, and since he has the proper amount of eligible um, time in, the, in MLB, he doesn't have to do that. And then basically, their socks have to like eat the contract and tear it up. And then now, does that contract come off our books, like for luxury tax? I don't know. Because I don't it, think it does. But I see, don't know. if it doesn't, why designate him for assignment? Because they just don't want him on the active roster. The active roster spot's more important uh, to them than um, than the money. Because okay. if he's on the active roster, then they can't bring up somebody else to take his spot to play. They can't just put him in, like, single A? No, because he'd still be on the active roster. So that's why if he doesn't need for assignment or a full-out <coughs> release, he's no longer on the active roster. Okay. So that see, I thought that until your contract's over, if you get picked up by another team... Now, you either lose your previous contract or you're still under contract by by the Red Sox. Uh, I guess not. No, I, I think I think if they had waived him and someone had picked him up in that certain day period, then they pick up. Then the, they would have picked up the contract. But they either waived him uh, and or designated for assignment or basically just said we don't want you. Period. Go away. Yeah. And then everyone was just well, we're not going to pick him up. We're just going to wait till everything's over. And then he basically becomes a complete free agent. Yeah. Um, now is he on? Is he on the Giants roster now? Or like I honestly, I, I don't, I don't know. How much is he weighing nowadays? 
I have not been up to date on my Pavel Sandoval statistics since he has been released. But there we go. Worst contract. You're paying a guy to play baseball for another team. Way worse than Bobby uh, Bonilla, right? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. definitely, yeah, because it's a lot of money for the next few – I thought it was like 20-something million dollars a year for the next however many years. I'll, I'll have to look it if up. If it's 50 cents, it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, I mean, I understand that, but – I mean, the, 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 the reason, like, the Crawford – Kyle Crawford contract wasn't terrible is because the Dodgers – You traded him. Yeah, yeah like, we, the Dodgers ate, I think – I don't know if it was all of it or most of it, but I, th- I think it was all of it. Um. So it's like, well, whatever. It's not on our books anymore, so it's not a bad contract. Is he still playing for the Dodge? I, I have no clue. Uh, I'm just trying to look at Pablo's <coughs> contract here. Um, I wonder how much money John Henry, like how much revenue he gets from television. Because that's why he signed pa- Sandoval in the first place. That's why he signed Crawford in the first place. The TV numbers dropped, so he went out and tried to got the superstars that are available. Yeah. And they stunk here. And to try to generate that TV revenue again. All right. So Pablo was making 17 this year. It would have been 18 next year, 18 and 19, and then $5 million in 20. Um, so it wasn't as much as I thought it was. So Still more than $30 million for both. <laughs> yeah, no. So it, it must have been closer to what you said with um, – but, yeah. So I'm just trying um, – Josh Hamilton did a $125 million contract with the Angels that they're still paying, but he's been out of the lead since 2015. Um, did he fall off the wagon? Like I think that was definitely the, the, a big part of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, Sandoval did a five-year $95 million contract, yeah. So I, I thought it was more more than that. But What a waste. What, I mean, how how could you give a guy $95 million without having any weight stipulations, nothing? And they could have signed Josh Donaldson that year as well. They could, gone, they could have gone for him instead, but they, they went for you him. You know what but. they could have done? Even before they could have just kept Adrian Beltre for a while. They should have done that for a while. Ago. The guy yeah. just hit his, <laughs> the guy has over three thousand hits now. Yeah, no, they definitely should have done that. Um, yeah, they designated him for assignments, and you know they still owe him forty nine million in guaranteed salary. Yeah, say way worse than Benia. I think I think when they designate people for assignment, it should be. At least that season, the rest of that season, before a team can pick you up, well, wallow in it, get any, even more out of shape. The Bonilla contract, by the way, I think that was how he wanted it, though. Yeah, like he wanted right. it, and I, yeah, I mean, anyone could say, "I want that, I want it," and, he, and I don't know how it would affect the books. Like you might say, "Okay, it's thirty million dollars for one year, but it's going to be paid out over a thirty million or thirty-year window." Yeah. Um. So just how it affects the books or something like that. Yeah, no, it, it it benefits both sides. He gets a, he gets a steady payment. The Mets throw that thirty million in with God knows how much money they have in their bank account. The interest alone pays his one million dollars. You're assuming they're doing that, though. They probably are. You don't you don't become rich by dropping ninety five million dollars on. Well, the Mets Pavel's the Mets were also you, in you, the you, uh, you, the you, the Bernie uh, Madoff thing. Right oh, now. there you go. See. So so they they lost a lot of money through for Madoff. They had but. a pyramid scheme going yeah. on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's amazing what you can do with tens of millions of dollars. One day I'd hope to find out. I don't I, think that'll happen. I, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hit the lottery or Mega Millions or Powerball or whatever. No, I wouldn't want to do that. Are. I guess I, I wouldn't care. If I won the lottery, 
how soon before you'll be asking me for stuff? I don't think I would ask you. See, to I don't I, see. That's I would ask you to come in and do the show, and that's about it. Still, see, that's the thing, and I think I think most of my friends wouldn't. Which I guess I wouldn't mind winning the lottery in that end. No, it would be more like, oh, Damien, I'm your fourth cousin removed yeah, from no, wherever and stuff like that. Nah, I see. I have no problem saying no to people. Yeah, like lepers could come to my door, and I'm going to say no because <laughs> my door is going to be up a hill past the big gate. Was it with a gate and a guard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no I, I wouldn't do that and i wouldn't i i would see this this is the benefit of not not talking to people these people that are social butterflies in this world i have my circle of friends and that's what i keep yeah you know every now and then i can let somebody in okay but and now you're right back out. <laughs> yeah. But if, if the second I win the lottery and you say give me something, I go boom. Right. I mean, you know what would probably happen would be like if we're out somewhere, like Seth would make me pay for him, and uh, that's fine. He's a veteran. I'll use that as an excuse. <laughs> I'll write it off as a uh, as a charitable, a charitable. <laughs> donation. <laughs> but I think for the most part, most people won't. <laughs> be hounding me for money that and i'm not gonna like people are stupid with it like ooh, i won 30 million dollars i'm gonna go buy a 25 million dollar house right out uh do you know how much property taxes on that like upkeep I'll, like no like i will buy a nicer house well yeah but that's the thing that's the thing you say all right say you win 30 million dollars yeah well half of that's going to taxes right away, or oh. even more than half of that. So, yeah. say you're, you win thirty, so now you're down to fifteen, just to, to make it easy. Yeah. Okay. So that first year, you're paying fifteen million dollars in taxes, and that's just right off, right off the top. Yeah. Then someone will go, I'll go. I'm gonna go buy a um a five million dollar house, and I'm gonna just pay the five million dollars. Yeah, and, right I'm not, and I'm not gonna work. I'm not gonna generate any more money. Right. And so they're like, so I mean, yes. All right. So now you pay that five million, and you put the ten million. In the bank, which is earning interest. Well, now you, on the interest, you're paying taxes on yeah. that interest earned. Which is so unfair, but yeah. So be Not to get political, folks, but it's, <laughs> it's, un, it's unfair. There's no light on that one. Does that mean it's... it's so that means that battery's dead, yeah. So right. we're just on this one. So that means we probably should be getting ready to wrap it wrap up it sooner up. than later. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. So you're earning interest on $10 million a year, and I I don't know what the how much are you going to be earning on $10 million a year in interest. I mean, I assume... Like a really good situation, you get at least ten percent. But so, so in theory, you could live off of that interest. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you live in moderation, right? Which is what usually people that buy lottery tickets don't do when they win the lottery. Right. Di- lottery. It's like, wow, you know, I was I was busting my butt working sixty hours a week. I won the lottery. Boom, can spend it all. I'm like, oh man, now I'm in debt. Like twenty right. million dollars. When we look at a lot of professional athletes, you know, they yeah. do the same thing where. They they spend all their money and then all of a sudden they're broke and they're they're working at a random. That's why they need to marry a supermodel that's worth like twenty times more than them. <laughs> yeah. Although I could be wrong, I don't think Tom Brady is wasting his money away. I no. could be wrong. No, if anything, he's building. Tom Brady, when he is done, is going to make like Brady something. Like it's it's yeah, his, his whole TB twelve thing is like. Right, like, I think which is also one of the reasons why Tom Brady is trying to play till he's forty five. Oh, and it's, and he's getting other athletes involved. Like, yeah, you know, he's getting um, Gronk and Edelman, Gronk, and stuff like that into that theory, so he can be a spokesperson he's gonna, for that. He's going to be a high end trainer for like professional athletes. And you know that somewhere along the line, him and Kraft have a wink, wink, where 
okay, yeah, I'll sign for a, uh, a, uh, a signing bonus of $20 million and a base salary of one. But um, I think there's a piece of land that on In Gillette Brookline. Place or Brookline that yeah. I, you're going to be giving to me. Or, you know, um, <coughs> amazingly enough, I'm going to be able to buy into the Patriots at some point after well, I Well, that was the thing. Playing. When he took that pay cut a few years ago, like the big one, and people were like, whoa, I can't believe he's doing that. He got land in Brookline that was like apparently, I mean, a lot of people with names other than Tom Brady tried to get yeah. and couldn't. Um, that Brook, like you have to get it from the town and get it approved. Uh huh. So that came and TB12 opened up at Patriot Place. Um, so. Rent free. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, sure. no, he definitely has ideas where he's looking into the future as well. So he knows, all right, yeah, I'm going to get that big signing bonus and one, do- um, one million dollar base salary. You know but what, I'm getting a lot of money on the back end well, somehow well, or the other, well, too. Well, my, what my guess is going to be is what Air Jordans is to basketball, TB12 is going to be for Under Armour and football. football. Like, Nike's got their Air Jordan for basketball. You're going to have, they're going to be like 15 years from now, Some like. Some sort of Brady brand. Like, guys are going to be rocking like TB12 cleats, you know, TB12 gloves and like, that's going to be, that's going to be their brand for Under Armour that's going to, that's their Michael Jordan. Well. We'll see what happens. I'm sure he's well, well far ahead down the road trying yeah. to do that. So I know Tom. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> we could be partners. All right. Well, we should get ready to wrap it up here. Yeah. Um, so we want to thank Kenny Tasney for calling in and uh, talking to us for a very long time. We appreciate that. And hopefully, we'll do this before December. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a period of time. <laughs> so I know you're going to be getting busy pretty soon with football starting up. Yeah. Not. So we'll see if we can get a, a show in before. Uh, practice really gets going there. So, all right. Well, again, thanks to Kenny Tasney. For Damian Ritchie, my name is Jonathan Clary. This has been Sports Night. We will see you next time.